Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for another opportunity to hold our meeting with you. We bless your name for our studies so far in the book of Haggai. We are extremely grateful to you for all the things that you have been teaching us up to now. We are gathered now to meet with you once again, and we trust, Lord, that you will challenge us and chastise us. In Jesus' name, amen. Haggai chapter 2, verse 10 to 14. Haggai chapter 2, verse 10 to 14. On the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Now ask the priest concerning the law, saying, If anyone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment, and with the edge he touches bread or stew, wine or oil, or any food, will he become holy? Then the priest answered and said, No. And Haggai said, If one who is unclean because of a dead body touches any of these, will it be unclean? So the priest answered and said, It shall be unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, So is this people, and so is this nation. Before me, says the Lord, and so is every work of their hands, and what they offer there is unclean. May the Lord bless the name of his word, in Jesus' name, Amen. So far we have seen from our scripture text, God's communication style. One of it being a question and answer type. We have also seen from our text that God is far more interested in the character of those doing his work than the actual work they are doing. We saw how the services of an unsanctified man is not acceptable to God, no matter how great a work they may have done. We also saw how David's first attempt to take the ark of God to Jerusalem ended in disaster because he used a modern way rather than God's way. Today we shall take a deeper look at the substance of God's communication to the priests in Haggai's day and by extension to us, God's kingdom of priests. So we want to look at what I've titled Lessons from the Priests on Acceptable Service. Lessons from the Priests on Acceptable Service. We are looking at the message of God to the priests and how it applies to us, today's priests in God's kingdom. We are going to be looking at three lessons, one on holiness and the other two on defilement. The lesson on holiness is that holiness is crucial and personal in serving God. Without holiness, your service will not be acceptable unto God. In Romans chapter 12 verse 1, the Bible tells us that we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And we know that in 2 Timothy chapter 2, 21, the Bible tells us that if we sanctify ourselves, we'll be a vessel unto honor, useful for God, prepared for every good work. So unless we are holy in our lives, we cannot serve God acceptably. Another thing we want to note about holiness is that without holiness, you cannot see God. The Bible tells us that in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. It tells us that without holiness, no man can see God. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 8, the Bible tells us that the pure in heart shall see God. The Bible makes it clear that holiness is not transferable from one person to the other. For example, God was telling Haggai that the man who has holy meat in his garment cannot make anything holy. So holiness is not transferable. Holiness is personal. In Jeremiah chapter 31, 29 to 30, the Bible tells us, about a parable that they had in Israel, that the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. 
And God then said that that proverb should never be used again. Because if the fathers have eaten sour grapes, it is the father's teeth that will be set on edge. In other words, if a man is holy, then he will reap the fruit of holiness. But if he is a sinner, then he will reap the reward of a sinner. So holiness is not transferable from one person to the other. You have to work at being holy. In fact, God commands, he says, be ye holy for I am holy. If we are going to serve a holy God, we must be holy. And the good thing is that God has made a provision for you and I to be holy. When God sends his Holy Spirit into our lives, the Holy Spirit comes to make us holy. And after the Holy Spirit has made us holy, we can now do things that are holy. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25 to 27, Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27, God said, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. What Ezekiel has described here is the process of sanctification. For example, if you enter into a new home, you will remove all the things that were there before and bring in new things. You will paint the house all over again and make it smell fresh for your own use. So God is saying that he's going to first of all remove the stony heart, the heart that is rebellious against God. He will remove that spirit of wickedness and then put in us a heart that is the heart of God and the spirit of God in us and will enable us therefore to obey him and walk in his ways. And when we have thus been made holy, we can now offer holy service unto God. The second thing is that defilement is contagious and permeates anything. When Haggai asked the priests about a man who has been defiled just because he came in contact with a dead body, and if he touched something, will he be defiled? They said, yes, a defiled person will defile everything that he touches, including worship. There's a scripture in Proverbs that says that the prayer or the worship of a sinner is an abomination to God. Anything a defiled person does is defiled. This is what God was telling Haggai to tell the priests. He said because they were unclean, the whole nation and every work they did was also unclean. In Mark chapter 7 verse 20 to 23, Mark chapter 7 verse 20 to 23, the Lord Jesus Christ said, what comes out of a man defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. So because of all these things in any man's life, the man himself is defiled. An unsanctified man is defiled because these things are still in his life. It is sanctification that removes these things from our lives. And because of such a defilement, anything that man is doing, whether he's singing or preaching or building a church, is not acceptable by God. In the book of Malachi, the Bible tells us how God complained to the priest about the sacrifices that the people were bringing to him. They were bringing lame animals, sick animals, blind animals, animals that were not fit for God to use. And so God rejected their gifts. 
A defiled gift cannot be accepted by God. Like an unchecked disease, defilement spreads throughout the nation. For example, we have seen how COVID ravaged the whole world, beginning from one tiny location in China, and it spread throughout the whole world. And that is how deadly defilement can be. That brings me to the third and final lesson that we want to look at now. And that is that defilement contaminates and corrupts or profanes or pollutes everything. I want to read Numbers chapter 19 from verse 11 through to verse 20. Numbers chapter 19, 11 to 20. It says, He who touches the dead body of anyone shall be unclean seven days. He shall purify himself with water on the third day. And on the seventh day, then he will be clean. But if he does not purify himself on the third day, and on the seventh day, he will not be clean. Whoever touches the body of anyone who has died and does not purify himself, defiles the tabernacle of the Lord. That person shall be cut off from Israel. He shall be unclean because the water of purification was not sprinkled on him. His uncleanness is still on him. This is the law when a man dies in a tent. All who come into the tent and all who are in the tent shall be unclean seven days. And every open vessel which has no cover fastened on it is unclean. Whoever in the open field touches one who is slain by a sword or who has died or a bone of a man or a grave shall be unclean seven days. And for an unclean person, they shall take some of the ashes of the heifer burnt for purification from sin and running water shall be put on them in a vessel. A clean person shall take hyssop and dip it in the water, sprinkle it on the tent, on all the vessels, on the persons who were there and on the one who touched a bone, the slain, the dead or a grave. The clean person shall sprinkle the unclean on the third day and on the seventh day. And on the seventh day, he shall purify himself, wash his clothes, and bathe in water. And at evening, he shall be cleansed. But the man who is unclean and does not purify himself, that man shall be cut off from among the assembly because he has defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. The water of purification has not been sprinkled on him. He is unclean. These verses reveal how defilement can contaminate anything and everything in sight. God said here that even a pot that has water but that was not covered when somebody died in that house, that pot and its contents are contaminated. He even speaks of the man who touches a bone or a tombstone, that that man is defiled. The Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 7 that when Achan sinned, God said the whole nation had sinned. The sin of one man contaminated the whole nation. And so in the eye of God, the whole nation sinned. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6, the Bible says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. When you tolerate a little sin, either in your life or in your congregation, you are going to contaminate your entire life or you are going to contaminate your entire congregation. So if you have somebody in your midst who is contaminated, he will contaminate everybody. That is one of the reasons why God is against marriage between believers and unbelievers or even entering into business partnership with an unbeliever. I am not talking of employment. I'm talking of partnership. The Bible says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And we see the practical example in the life of King Solomon. The Bible says that Solomon has so many wives and each one came with their gods and they corrupted his heart. And a man who once was 
keen on serving God, a man who gave God a thousand burnt offerings, a man who sought after wisdom, had lost everything even though he had that wisdom because he married people who contaminated his life. In fact, the fall of Judah began from the time of Solomon. So what can we conclude from all that I have said now? God wants our service from a pure heart. God does not want us to serve him with impure hearts. To drive home the point, the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 21 verse 27 that anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie cannot enter into heaven. In the Old Testament times, they had to do ablution before going to serve God. And we see the Muslims practicing it today. But for us, we have the blood of Jesus to cleanse us. The Bible tells us that if we have sinned, we should confess it and ask God to cleanse us by his blood. And he will cleanse us. And once we are cleansed, we are going to be able to serve God acceptably. In fact, the Bible speaks in Malachi chapter 3 that when Jesus will come, he will sit as a refiner of silver and purify the sons of Levi so that they can serve God acceptably. God's desire is that you and I will serve him acceptably. God wants us to understand that holiness is very crucial in serving him. He also wants us to know that holiness is a personal thing. You cannot claim the holiness of your pastor. You must be holy as your pastor must also be holy. He wants us to know that defilement is contagious. It can affect everything in the church. In the same way, defilement contaminates and corrupts everything it touches and profanes and pollutes everything. By the grace of God, with this knowledge, we shall begin to walk with God as he expects us to walk with purity in our hearts. And this is why it is important that we are continually sanctified before God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us this wonderful understanding. Help us, Lord, to keep a purity in our hearts. Help us not to be tolerant of sin in any shape or form. Because now we know that even a little sin can corrupt everything. Like the psalmist prayed, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O Lord. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.